Hey there, welcome back to the Strong Mama podcast. Today I've got a special guest with me and we are going to be talking all about how to accept and even love our body through all of the changes that come with pregnancy and postpartum because as we know, there are so many changes that our body goes through in this phase of life and with these physical changes will often come a shift in our own body image and that can often be hard to navigate. So with me today, I've got Victoria Yates. She is an intuitive eating and body image coach and also a mom of two little kids. She's going to be sharing with us some practical things that we can do on bad body image days, how we can relearn to trust our body with food and exercise. She's going to also share about goals and a refreshing view on goal setting and ditching the scale. And one fun thing that we threw in at the end, which was totally unexpected, we talked about how to raise our kids to have positive body image. And there are just so many good nuggets throughout the entire conversation. She's truly an expert, and I know that you will love this interview. Let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome to the Strong Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, mom, exercise physiologist, and pre- and postnatal fitness expert. This show is all about helping you navigate your pregnancy and postpartum journey with more strength, energy, and ease. Each week, pull up a seat for a new topic that will empower you to feel strong, capable, and confident while supporting your body through all the changes of the motherhood journey. Just a reminder that the information on this show is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical condition. Please speak to your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. I'm honored and excited to be a part of your health journey into motherhood. Now let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Victoria. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Nicole. It is so good to be here. Amazing. Well, let's just start off for anybody who hasn't met you before. Um, please introduce who you are, what you do, and how you kind of came into that space. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Victoria Yates and I am an intuitive eating and body image coach for women. So a lot of what I do is I like to say I help women stop struggling with food in their bodies for good. And we do this by, I help women to get to the root of why they've been struggling with food. And we also work on then just building back the relation, a relationship with their bodies of listening to their body cues when it comes to eating. So getting better at listening to hunger and fullness, um, and satisfaction and just like paying attention to how food makes them feel. And, um, a lot of my clients have just been on like every single diet imaginable, and they are just ready to get away from just the yuckiness of what dieting is. And they're ready to just like get to a place where they trust themselves and their bodies and work on just improving their health along the way. So I focus on, like I said, just their relationship with food relationship with their bodies. Cause maybe as I'm, you know, as we're going to talk about today, like our body image has a, a big role in just like our overall health. Um, but then also just creating healthy habits that set them up for just being able to be consistent. So that's a lot of, a little bit of what I do. My background is nursing. So that's kind of a fun fact. I was a nurse for five years and I've been in the coaching space here now for seven years. So it's been a while since I've been in the nursing space, but, um, I think that, you know, I, I love that. Um, I am, even though I'm not in nursing anymore and bringing kind of just like the 
whole, my whole kind of person perspective that we, um, that nursing is really all about into my work with my clients. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And just the whole approach of like non-dieting and coming back to trusting our body sounds so peaceful. And I think that a lot of the listeners will resonate with like wanting to feel that way, whether they are currently working on that, or maybe they're on the opposite end of the spectrum and kind of caught up in maybe the diet cycle. There's just so much change that our body goes through in pregnancy, in postpartum, in motherhood, and it's just constantly shifting. So I want to start off just kind of broad and then we'll narrow in a little bit, but with body image, how do you define that? Like what is body image? And because I just think there's a lot of different views and perspectives. Like it, does it mean that it always has to be positive? You know, what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah. So yeah, I think this is such a good question because I have found that like body image is something that most women struggle with, if not like in the present right now, at some point in their life, they have struggled with body image, but it's like that taboo subject that nobody really talks about. Um, but body image really is simply the way that you think about your body. And I think a lot of the misconception lies with like, with body image that, in order for me to have a good body image and like my body and, or even like love my body, I have to, uh, I have to love every part of my body. And so, you know, really the way that I teach and help my clients get to a place where they have a better relationship with their body is all about, uh, working on a lot of self-compassion and just self-kindness, but really just changing the way that they're thinking about their bodies. And this is like, um, you know, a lot of women start struggling with body image from a young age. You know, a lot of times it kind of starts in puberty when our bodies start changing. And there's this like overarching message that culture gives us that body change is bad and uh, you're doing something wrong. And the reality is like bodies change. And that is such a good thing. It's such a normal thing. It's such a healthy thing. Um, so body image really is not, it has nothing to do with your physical body and it everything to do with just the way that you are thinking about your body and then the relationship that you have with your body. Yes. It does come back to that, that mindset. So I love that approach. And I think everybody will love to learn a little bit more about how they can think differently about their body. And also to your point, like, I think there's also a lot of like societal expectations of like, you know, to have a good body image or to, you know, view view yourself more positively, you have to fit this certain standard or this certain ideal. So I love like shifting our thoughts around that. So what tips would you have for somebody on their motherhood journey that, you know, is learning to accept and love their body through these changes? What sort of tips would you have for them? Where could they start sort of scratching the surface of this? Hmm. Yeah. So, and I didn't even mention, I, I'm a mom myself too. I have two little kids, so I'm not just like speaking about this and like, don't have any, any experience with like my body changing through pregnancy. Like I've been there. So just to like lead with that. And I think that, um, like I was saying with body change, I think that there's this narrative that body change is bad. And, you know, then we think about like, in, I mean, obviously like through pregnancy, through postpartum and, and beyond our bodies change as women a lot. And like 
for most women, it's like, like your body is not the same as it was before having babies. And that's not a bad thing. And yet there's this narrative that it is, but I also want to just, um, like just come to this understanding that like body change is uncomfortable. And I think that that's okay to just kind of put it, put it out there, put it out there on the table that as your body does go through changes in motherhood as women over the span of our whole lives, that it's okay that it's uncomfortable and we don't have to just like pretend that it's not. Um, I like to kind of use the analogy of like, say like any change in your life, say you move to a new city or you start a new job, or even like in motherhood, like as you bring a baby home, there are a lot of changes that are happening and it's not always the most like enjoyable thing. It doesn't always feel just like normal. It doesn't feel great all the time. You know, if you're starting a new job or moving to a new city, it's like, there's going to be this like limbo period where you're just getting used to things. And the same kind of goes with our bodies. So there's like this, you know, as our bodies change, there's this limbo period where it's like, yeah, this feels really uncomfortable. And I guess what I want to offer is that that is okay. And it is normal to feel that way with body change. We don't have to just like try to ignore that. Or also we, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be the source of like, I have to like make this quick change. Like uh, the way that I see this for a lot of my clients is like, you know, say they have a baby and they're in this place where they're postpartum and their body has changed and it feels uncomfortable. Like the message is that, you know, with that change, you have to go do something about it because you're uncomfortable and you're going to maybe want to, right. You're going to want to like start the diet or go on the quick, like exercise plan or whatnot. But I think the best thing that we can do in those moments is to actually just like sit with the discomfort and know like this change kind of sucks right now. And that's okay. We don't have to pretend that it doesn't. And also just like with any change in our lives, like I was saying, there is like, you get to this point where it's like, this is just like the new normal and, you know, you kind of get into the flow of things and, um, it becomes less uncomfortable. So I think that just like, if you're in the midst of like my body's changed and this feels really awkward and really uncomfortable, just know that it's not going to always feel like this. You're going to get to that point on the other side where it's like, I like, I, it, this feels like the new normal and it's going to feel better. That is so reassuring to hear. I think for a lot of us that, you know, it, it's okay to have those discomfort feelings. And I think so often when our body is changing like that, we want to like fix it, right? Like, and you had hinted at that, like by going on the diet or restricting calories or going on a quick fix workout plan, you know, whatever the industry is marketing to us, AKA diet culture, which is something I know you talk about all the time. Like it's going to make us feel right. Like we need to bounce back. What are your thoughts on this is just totally off the cuff, but what are your thoughts on the whole bounce back culture after baby? What are maybe some top like mistakes we make when wanting to get healthier after having a baby? Yeah. You're opening Pandora's box here. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah. It's just, I feel like it's so toxic because like, like I was, I've already said, like there's this narrative that bodies are not supposed to change. And the truth is body change 
happens and is normal and is healthy. I feel like I've said that a million times already, but I just can't say that enough because I see it so often with my clients. Like they feel so much shame with their body changing. And I'm like, this is normal. This is like totally normal. So then what I see is like with the whole bounce back culture, it's like, you know, that kind of instigates going on, you know, a restrictive diet or going on like some crazy exercise plan. And, you know, especially like in postpartum, you know, number one, like you're, you know, you're probably, you're recovering first of all, from like a, a, from labor, which requires a lot of like rebuilding of your body and calories and all of that nutrients. And when we're kind of like jumping to restriction, we're missing a lot of, you know, what our body just naturally needs. And then like, as far as exercise goes, I mean, I know you talk about this and you know, like, like we have to take a very gentle approach as we like get back into it. So we don't hurt ourselves or like, you know, damage our bodies. And I think that the bounce back culture just can be really harmful, like physically, um, in those places. Um, and then I see a lot with my clients where, you know, they have a baby want to like go back to their old body and like lose a bunch of weight right away. So they go on a restrictive diet and we just, I see time and time again, I talk about the diet cycle where, you know, someone starts out on a restrictive diet and what happens when we go on a diet is our brains in our bodies don't really know that like the grocery stores right down the street or there's food stocked in your pantry. Our brains read any type of food restriction as the same as like if we were in a famine. So things are happening from like a cellular biological level that just set us up for dieting, not being so successful. So like a couple things happen, your metabolism decreases, your uh, fat storage increases, your hunger drive increases. And these are all things that, you know, set you up for not being able to be consistent with dieting. But also I see people in this cycle of like, starting a diet right after baby and then not being able to be consistent. And it's, then it's like changing, you know, because dieting is all these things that are happening in our body. When we go on a diet, then what's happening is, you know, I see like this cycle of like starting the diet, feeling like it's not, you know, maybe finding some success for a little while, but then not being able to be consistent with it. And then like, quote, failing the diet and then kind of like back to their old ways. And they're just like stuck on this cycle and dieting. Actually, we know that like this yo-yo dieting approach actually leads to weight gain and just like changes our body's metabolism. And it's not a healthy thing. So, you know, dieting is actually a precursor to continuous weight gain. So we actually are not doing our bodies a, a service by jumping straight to dieting after a baby or any time. Um, so I just think the best thing that we can do in like that postpartum period or any period is just to get back to listening to our bodies, you know, not necessarily trying to like rush losing weight, but I know for me with both of my babies, um, <laughs> that like postpartum period, I was starving. And like, because your body has such high energy needs in that period, and that is good and normal. And if we can just simply like lean into that and just listen to our bodies, um, 
our bodies are going to do what what is meant to be or what's meant to, you know, where they're meant to be. Um, and I think the best thing we can do is just like lean into that and know that our bodies are going to get to where it's meant to be. We don't have to rush to bouncing back. So that's a really long answer for that, (laughs) but yeah, it was amazing. It was perfect. Yes. So much good little nuggets in there. And just again, like a good grounding and a good reminder that, yeah, we don't need to rush. We don't need to bounce back. And it is actually harmful to do that. So thanks for saying that. Um, That kind of leads us into intuitive eating a little bit more because you, you know, had mentioned coming back to our bodies and reestablishing that trust. And in a nutshell, can you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like? Like, what is the intuitive eating approach? Let's just start there. Yeah. So I kind of described a little bit of like what happens when we go on a diet and really intuitive eating is like the opposite. It's, it's, you know, where dieting is really working against how our bodies were designed to work. Intuitive eating is how our bodies were designed to work. Like babies come out intuitive eaters. They know when they're hungry, they are able to stop when they are full. We see this like right from the start. And in the same way, we are able to just simply listen to our bodies to know how to eat. And so this is what intuitive eating helps you to get back to is listening to your body. Just, you know, in like a nutshell, intuitive eating is really all about eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full, paying attention to, um, you know, ma- ensuring that foods are satisfying, like paying att- attention to, uh, satisfaction for you. And then I like to say like paying attention to how food makes you feel. And something that I see with a lot of my clients is that they've lost touch with just even being able to listen to their body cues because they're so conditioned to listening to all of these, I call them external influences like dieting and counting calories and counting macros or the scale or my fitness pal or any of those things, diet rules, like food rules. They're so used to listening to all of that to tell them how they should eat that they just like lose touch with being able to listen to their bodies. And in the same way as like, I like to use the analogy of like a muscle, like when we don't use a muscle, it atrophies, it doesn't work as well. And in the same way, when we don't use that skill of listening to our body's cues with hunger and fullness and all of this, we lose that skill. And it's almost like a muscle that atrophies. So a lot of my work is helping women to number one, let go of some of those external influences so that they are able to listen to their internal influences, listen to their body, and then build up trust with, I really can like, just listen to my hunger and fullness cues. Cause a lot of women just, you know, I think the, there's like this overarching message from diet culture that we can't trust ourselves and we can't trust our bodies. So you need this like other thing, you need this program, you need this diet. But what I really help my clients to do is get back to just listen, just eating simply by listening to themselves, listening to their bodies and building up that trust with themselves. So that's what intuitive eating really is. That's amazing. Yes. So intuitive eating is, it sounds, yeah, so balanced, so peaceful and like just a much easier way to live your life without sort of the constraints of food. Um, sort of limiting you. And I can relate to like when you had mentioned my fitness palette brought up memories of me in like college and 
like trying to input my food and like, you know, you love that feedback, right? Like you love that external feedback, but for somebody where it's kind of hard to, you know, let go of that external feedback, what do you think would be the first step? Is it just simply like noticing and like creating awareness around what you're sort of like relying on, whether it's the scale or my fitness pal, what would you say that first step might be to like coming back to that self-trust? Yeah, that is such a deep question. And I don't think that it's necessarily like, yeah, just like stop using it. I mean, maybe it is for some people, but if that's the case, like you've likely done some of this inner work, a lot of times it's a little deeper than that. It's like, I think asking yourself, you know, what am I afraid of? What is this like part of me that feels like I have to track everything or count everything? Like, what is that part of me afraid will happen if I don't, if I do let go? And a lot of times it's, I'm afraid that I'm going to just like overeat and like never stop eating. (laughs) Right. And I think that's like a big message that we get is that like, like I was saying before, like you need this diet, this program, this like these parameters, otherwise you're going to like overeat and never stop eating and gain a ton of weight. But the truth is that our bodies really are able to self-regulate. We're able to like when we listen to ourselves and when we have a good relationship with food as our foundation, we are able to simply just like eat when we're hungry, stop when we're full. We're able to have all foods on the table and eat a really balanced diet. I have found in my work with my clients that just like as a default, our bodies really do crave a healthy variety of all foods. And we don't have to say like, I can never eat donuts or bagels we can let her, let ourselves just like eat the foods that we enjoy. And we're going to just naturally gravitate towards a really healthy balance of all foods. And the same goes with exercise. Like I really have found and believe that our bodies on default crave movement and crave exercise. And it's like, I was talking to someone recently who was like, I'm just really struggling with, I just hate exercise. Like I don't feel any motivation. And I really believe that everyone can get to the point where they love exercise. I think it's the, it's the, um, just a lot of the rules that we've been, that are kind of like in our mind around exercise. Like you have to work out for 30 minutes and has to be this like intense fit, like hit workout or P90X. And the reality is like, if we just let ourselves like you know, enjoy movement. And we just ask ourselves, like, I wonder what sounds nice today. And all of the options are on the table from literally just stretching to doing like P90X, right? Like if we just allow ourselves to just get rid of the rules, it's like a lot of times the rules and the, the, the rules that make it just like not fun. Like when we're forced to do something, it's just not fun. So I think to just go back to answering that question, um, which I've also actually forgotten the question, but, but I think it's just like, you know, I think on our, like I was saying, our bodies on default naturally gravitate towards a healthy balance. And I think, like I was saying, the biggest fear that people have is I'm going to just keep eating and eating and eating and like be a couch potato. And the reality is that's not actually going to happen when we listen to our bodies. That's so nice to hear. So with intuitive eating, I know that that comes with probably some misconceptions as well, especially when you're saying, you know, eat the eat the food you want to eat, eat the donut, eat this and that, and like, just trust yourself to balance it out. What are some misconceptions that 
you see from people that might be skeptical, skeptical of uh, intuitive eating or, you know, haven't fully built that trust back up with themselves? What are some misconceptions that, that you see? Yeah. Well, I think, like I said, like a big one is I'm just going to keep eating and eating forever. I think another one is like, I'm only going to want to eat junk food and fast food and donuts and cake and sugar and all the things like that's all I'm going to want to eat. I like to think about and use the example of, I don't know if you can relate to this, but if you've ever like gone on a vacation and you, you know, on vacation, you're probably eating a lot more fun foods and like having more dessert and, you know, foods that like are maybe a little less nutrient dense than you usually do. And then, you know, say you do that for like a week on vacation and then you come home and what do you, what do you crave? I'm curious, Nicole, what do you crave? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely crave like a big salad packed with like veggies and quinoa and all the things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's a great example of like when we, and that's like true for pretty much everyone that I've ever talked to about that. Like when we go and like, we kind of maybe are a little bit more free with what we're eating and we're not eating quite as nutrition nutritiously as we usually do. We naturally, when we're just like listening to our bodies, we'll want to gravitate towards healthier foods. So Um, that is just like evidence that our bodies, when we do listen to them, we're not going to just like eat McDonald's straight for like weeks on end. Like we're not going to want that. But I think a lot of times that's just what our brains tell us. We like to, our brains love to be very all or nothing with it. It's like either I'm only eating salads all the time and only eating the quote healthiest food. Or if I don't do that, then I'm going to like never want to eat a healthy thing ever again, but that just isn't the truth. So I think that that's just, you know, that's, that is a big misconception that people, people struggle with. So yeah, one of the biggest, um, one of the things that I work on with my clients a lot is just, uh, giving themselves permission to eat the foods that they want. And, um, I like to kind of say, you know, each of us has a, like a, like a little inner toddler inside of us. You could use toddler or teenager depending, but, uh, I have two toddlers, so that's what resonates with me right now, but we each have this like inner toddler who's really rebellious. So anytime food is off limits and there's like this rule, like you can't have this food, like you can't have donuts, you can't have bagels, you can't have French fries or whatever. We want that food even more because there's like this inner rebel inside of us that like wants the thing that we can't have. And this is why when you go on a diet and maybe it's like a low carb diet or keto or whatever, what do you crave? You probably are craving all the bread, all the pasta because we want what we can't have. So this whole concept of giving yourself unconditional permission to eat food, which is a big part of intuitive eating is coming from this place of when food is not restricted, when it's not off limits, we are able to actually just eat the foods that we want in an amount that we want. And we're not going to feel that like, I have to eat like bowls and bowls of pasta right now because I can't have it. So does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It definitely hits on some of the misconceptions. Another one that I have thought of before and like heard people talk about and even seen you um, create content about is um, the whole idea that if you are intuitive eating and you're allowing 
you know, yourself to eat these, you know, non-nutrient dense foods and these fun foods, you know, does that mean we're anti-health or that we can't make progress with any health goals that we might have? What are your thoughts around that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think what I've found with a lot of my clients is they're almost like burnt out on goals because they've been, but it's really just because we've approached goals from this very like perfectionist, like I said, all or nothing mindset. But, you know, something that I teach is, you know, number one, I, I think, like I was saying before, um, when we have a lot of, a lot of times people will create health goals around say like hitting a specific number on the scale. Um, and there's just a lot of reasons why I've come to, um, see that as just like not a health helpful thing. And I, I encourage my clients to actually not weigh themselves when we work together, because, you know, how often do you, if you're listening here thinking like, how often do you step on the scale and it like determines how you're going to eat that day, right? Like if it's down, then it's like, oh yeah, I can have the cookies or if it's up, it's like, I got to like, I got to hone it in and like restrict. Right. So, um, so what I encourage instead for my clients to do when it comes to setting goals is I encourage them to set goals based on how they want to feel. Um, so we're not going to focus on like, I want to lose 10 pounds because the reality is our bodies, there's so many factors that go into the size of our bodies and where our bodies are meant to be. And so we just can't exactly specifically know that like, 10 pounds is where your body's meant to be or whatever the number is. So, and then it just like the scale can just create so much drama and stress. And it is just one of those things that it keeps you from being able to listen to your body. Cause you're always paying attention to that number. So instead, yeah, like I said, I, I encourage people to set goals based on how they want to feel. So maybe that's more energized or healthier. And then just like getting clear about like, what does healthier feel like? For you, maybe it is like, I want to get stronger um, and letting that be the the like end goal that you're working towards and then creating your actions towards that. Um, and then, like I was saying, I think a big thing that, you know, people struggle with when it comes to goals, especially with fitness is they feel like burnt out because they like work towards the goal, work towards the goal. And there's this very like all or nothing mentality that we get with it where it's like, Either I, you know, go to the gym every single day and like never miss a day or I've failed. But instead of like having that mindset, I would encourage people to take a, an approach to consistency with goals in like a non-perfection kind of mindset where I can, you know, I can be imperfect. And I'm going to even expect that I'm going to miss days at the gym and it doesn't mean anything about me or mean anything about how I work towards my goal. Um, but we can for sure work towards goals and eat intuitively. And I think the key is, like I said, focusing instead of on weight, focusing on how you want to feel and, you know, allowing yourself to be a human along the way and allowing yourself to be imperfect and to mess up and like miss a day. Um, I know Nicole, you mentioned something or comment commented on something a while back where I, this year decided I wanted to do 10 pushups every single day for like my new year's like goal. And I for sure have missed days and I'm not telling myself I've like fallen off the wagon or like not been consistent at it. And so like, you know, we went on vacation a couple weeks ago and 
I didn't do, I think I did push-ups there like once. And then I got home and like forgot about it for a couple of days. And then and then the other day I was like, wait, I want to do these push-ups again. And I don't make it mean anything about myself or that I'm a failure or that I should just like quit trying. So I think that's, you know, those are really the key mindsets that we need to have when it comes to goals for us to be consistent. And also just to, I don't know, if we can just be a little bit more gentle and kind to ourselves with goals, I think that that would go a long way. That's so good. And yeah, what I'm kind of like sensing is like, there's just, and this is kind of, I work on this with my clients too, from the fitness perspective. So I like have a very similar approach to you when it comes to like, let's take the pressure off and just allow yourself some grace because in, you know, most of my listeners are either pregnant or postpartum or planning to conceive things like that. And so going through all these body changes and maybe coming from a past history of like, I mean, diet culture, you know, growing up and now, and just, you know, being attached to different goals and a certain size or shape of their body. But when we can take the pressure off and learn to trust ourselves, that is just like such a good message. And it's like so freeing to know that it's possible to still be like, quote unquote, healthy. I don't really like that term because it's so vague, but to be, to feel good, like you had said, to set those feel goals versus setting like a measurement goal is so much better. I know that I don't even like own a scale in my house anymore because it's just not needed. Right. Like, yeah. So I love that you said that. Cool. Okay. So we're talking a little bit more now about like some of the thoughts and mindsets, which I think is a really cool thing to dig into a little bit. What are maybe some additional, and I know that you've mentioned a few already, but are there any other thoughts, you know, if we're having like a bad body image day, like how can we sort of check ourselves and give ourselves that compassion and like learn to start switching, swapping out that thought? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So first and foremost, I think it's important just to say that like, no matter where you get to with your body image, you will still have days where you wake up and you don't like your body. And that's just like totally normal because we're humans and our brains are just like wired to a lot of times focus on the negative or focus on like where, you know, comparing ourselves to other people. Um, And then we, not to mention, like we live in a culture that like has this very unrealistic beauty standard as far as like the quote ideal body that I'm convinced doesn't even exist in the world. (laughs) So, you know, you're going to have days where you wake up and you just like, don't love every part of your body or you don't like your body and that's okay. Um, when I think about loving our bodies, I like to, I like to use the term love your body because to me, you know, when I think about loving my body, I like to think of like the way that I love my spouse, where it's like one, you know, when we first got married and when we were dating, there was like that, you know, woo woo love, like ooey gooey feeling. (laughs) And, you know, as we have gotten to know each other now, it's like, you know, of course we still have that, you know, a lot of days, but then there's some days where you wake up and you're like, wow, I don't really feel like loving you, but I choose to love you. And I like to think of like, body image in the same way. We're not going to always feel like loving our bodies or necessarily like our bodies or like every part of our bodies, but we can choose to still love our bodies, even when we have a hard body image day or a negative body image day. 
Um, and so I think knowing that can be really helpful and just like normalizing. Yeah. Today kind of sucks when it comes to my body image. Um, that can be really helpful. I think also, you know, just identifying like the actual way that you're thinking and just, I like to think of it as like bringing it to the surface instead of just it being like going through like a tape in your mind all day. And you're not really like, it's impacting you and how you feel, but you're not really identifying it. I think if we can like identify, I really hate, you know, when I saw my stomach in the mirror, like I really hated that. And I, I don't love that. And you know, if you want to take it a step further after kind of identifying the thought that's making you feel bad about your body today, um, I think it can be helpful. I think a lot of times we get this misconception too, going back to like misconceptions about body image, um, that, you know, we have to get to a place where it's like, we feel body positive. Um, but I think sometimes the more helpful thing, because we don't want to just like pretend to feel positive about our bodies that kind of feels like lying to ourselves and isn't helpful, but instead working on kind of getting to this place of more of like neutrality or acceptance neutrality. I find a lot more helpful for my clients where it's like, instead of say, for example, Oh, I hate my stomach. Maybe you get to the point where it's like, you can say, this is my stomach. And you just like leave it at that, you know, you see it. So it's like very neutral. So just like practicing that can be helpful, like catching that thought and that negative thought, and then just practicing, all right, I have like, this is my stomach or I have a stomach, something like super neutral that doesn't tie emotions with it. Um, So as far as like thought work, I think that that can be helpful. Um, Practical tips as far as what to do on body image days, I think there's some practical things that we can do like physically that can help us. Um, I think first and foremost, wearing clothes that feel really good on your body, uh, that feel comfortable is like one of the best things that you can do on a hard body image day. Because when we're wearing like, say the tight jeans that are like really tight around your waist, your brain is naturally like, because it's uncomfortable, your brain's going to just like keep guiding your thoughts towards that part of you that is like not feeling so great. So the best thing that you can do is like put on the sweatpants or the yoga pants or just like something that feels good or some, you know, a top that feels really comfortable. Um, So wearing clothes that feel good and feel comfortable on your body. I think also there is like something about moving your body on a hard body image day. Like when we get out and move our bodies, it just, especially if you can like get outside in some fresh air and some sunshine, it just can change your whole perspective. And I don't necessarily know the science behind it, but I just think it makes the world of difference to just like get out, get outside, take some deep breaths. And then movement just can do some like really powerful things when it comes to our body image and can just shift our whole perspective. And I think it has something to do with probably even just like the connection that we just naturally get when we are moving with our bodies. Um, So I think that those are a couple like mindset things, practical tips that you can do on a hard body image day. Those are so helpful. And yeah, going back to like what you had said about the exercise piece, I always notice that too, whether you know, it's a hard body image day or just a hard day in general. I feel like getting out of your head and like just getting into your body and like it just changes the whole perspective because you can then celebrate what your body can do versus what it looks like or how you perceive it, you know? 
So I do love that. I love that. And and when we say movement, it can just be like a simple walk or like Mm -hmm. if you're sitting at a desk, like go get some water, move your body, do a couple different things to just move around. It doesn't have to be a high pressure situation or a ton of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Those are so, so good. Um, I have another question for you. That's a little bit more related to motherhood and raising little intuitive eaters. Mm-hmm. I know that you had posted a reel and I loved it because it, the message was, you know, you setting the example for your little ones and what are your tips for the moms out there or soon to be moms? Like how can we take these practices and make sure we are helping our children have positive body image as they grow up? Yeah. Um, so I think the absolute best thing that we can do as moms to cultivate a healthy body image in our kids is to do the work first And I mean, I see this with like myself and, you know, growing up and like in my teens and in twenties didn't, or teens, most of my teens, I didn't have a great body image and it came from like, I can directly like pinpoint to not only just like diet culture, but like watching my mom, my grandma, like talk negatively about their bodies, like the women in my life, you know, just as kids, we pick up on things and our kids pick up on things in us. Um, just like it's what kids do. We mirror what are, what we see the adults in our lives doing. So, uh, one of the best things that we can do is just to do the work ourselves. Cause that is going to directly correlate to the, you know, what our kids see as like the way to talk about our bodies or the way to think about ourselves or to look at ourselves or the way that we talk about food, Um, So that is what I would say, like, first and foremost, I think that's the most powerful thing we can do to just like break the cycle of negative body image and uh, not a great relationship with food when it comes to our kids. Um, And then I think just like, I think it can always be helpful to um, when you are like giving praise uh, or even like uh, talking about like. I think there's a lot of talk about like, you're so pretty or like pointing to like giving compliments about someone's body. And I think if we can like pull that away a little bit and it's not to say you can never say like, you look pretty, but I think if we can also like start to give maybe our kids some like deeper compliments than just like you look pretty or, um, you know, pointing out just their body, I think that can go a really long way. Um, and then when it comes to teacher, teaching our kids how to eat intuitively, I really love the work of, it's a, she's a registered dietitian. Her name's Ellen Satter. She wrote a book called uh, How to Get Your Kids to Eat But Not Too Much. And she does a lot of work in just like helping kids to eat intuitively. And she has a kind of statement that has really helped me as far as like raising my kids. And basically it says, as parents, we determine the what and the when for our kids eating, and they decide if, if they're going to eat and how much they're going to eat. So like that has really helped me. Cause I think it can be kind of hard. Like I've even found it kind of challenging, even having been like practicing intuitive eating for many years before having kids, it's like a whole different ball game when it comes to kids. Cause you're the one who's like providing the meals and, 
and it has like really, you know, it's, it's been a, a learning period for me too, but that has always been something that I come back to of like, my job as the parent is to provide like what we are going to eat and like provide the framework of like, now is like, this is breakfast time. We're going to sit down and eat together. Like this is lunch. And then my kids are able to decide like, do I want to eat this and how much they're going to eat? So it's so, it's been such an interesting thing to just see. And just to, I like to also just remind myself that like in the same way as I am able to listen to my body, um, my kids have that in them as well. And I can trust them to trust themselves. Um, so it's so funny. Cause like some days we will have days where they are just like eating me house out of house and home. And I just like, cannot keep up with feeding them. And then there's days where like, they will not eat that much and they just like self-regulate. And it's so fascinating to see. Um, I think also just like noticing, you know, something that I see with parents of like noticing um, like kind of like good food, bad food mentality within yourself and how you're kind of talking about that with your kids is really important, especially when it comes to say like sugar. Um, Something that I have noticed, like we, we like, I love dessert. I love chocolate and we have it in our house and I try as best I can to just like not make it a big deal um, and just like, let it be part of my kids' lives without making it feel like this, like off limits, restricted, like bad thing, Um, you know, just so that they kind of like what we were talking about before, so that they're able to grow up and, you know, not feel like this, like pressure to like, eat it when they're out of the house with their friends. It's like, it's like no big deal, you know, like sugar is just, just here. And it's like, I can have it sometimes and sometimes I don't want it. And that's been really interesting too, to see, um, like, you know, my kids say, Oh, I want, I want some cookies and then have like one and then be totally done. Um, just like on their own. So I think that that, those are just like a couple little things to think about. I have started to practice that with my son. I have a a toddler. He's almost three and he's gotten more picky. (laughs) You know, it's, it's been a challenge as he's gotten a little bit older and, you know, I've been starting to lean into some of those practices that you mentioned of just like really trusting that he's going to, you know, eat what he wants. So like some nights for dinner, if he just takes like a couple bites of his food and he says he's all done, like I have to trust that, you know, I think a lot of us grew up in the clean plate club era where we were maybe either forced to eat like our finish our food before we got dessert or finish our food, you know, before we left the table. Um, Maybe not, maybe some people can relate to that. But I think that what you had said is just, yeah, trusting them because they do know how to self-regulate and also just not putting dessert on a huge pedestal because then that makes it sort of that prized food that they want all the time. And it's so funny. Like I actually, we had cookies in the house and just the other day and I gave my son one um, as like his dessert and he just like ate two bites of it and was done. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) So it's a really good example of what you just said that that they, they know, they know when they're done, they don't necessarily, they're not going to just keep eating and eating and eating. And that's the same for us. Lately, I've been trying to like draw attention to like, how does your, how does your belly feel? Does your belly feel full? And, you know, helping him to like make that connection. 
Yeah, that stuff is so good. When we talk about kids, I didn't even plan on talking about that or getting into that today. But I think a lot of moms or soon to be moms will really find that helpful and, you know, hopefully start to incorporate some of those practices because we can trust our kids. So yeah, I love it. Is there anything else that you wanted to share today that we didn't cover? I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. And I think just like, I remember for me, like pregnancy is like pregnancy, motherhood, all of it is just like this. It can be such a time where you can just like deepen, deepen your connection with your body and with yourself. Cause there's so much that is happening outside of your control. And I know that that can be kind of scary for a lot of people. You know, we like to feel in control, but if you can allow it, I think that it can be just such a beautiful time where you get to, you get to really practice that like trust with yourself and trust with your body and like tuning in with your intuition tuning in with your body and just like deepening that relationship with yourself. So just like to end with, I guess, just encouraging you in like, yes, this can be like a hard and scary time and there, it can feel like there's a lot out of your control, but um, you can also lean into trusting yourself. And I think that if you can do that, um, it can be just such a beautiful experience. So, yeah. Beautiful. Very well said. Well, go ahead and share with everyone where they can find you, follow you, work with you. Tell them what you've got going on. Yeah. So you can find everything for me at my website, which is victoria-yates.com. I work with women one-on-one. I also have a group program. You can also book a free consultation if you're just wanting to talk and kind of learn more and, you know, maybe even learn about what working together would look like. We can talk about all of that. I have that on my website. Um, also come follow me over on social media. I'm at non-diet underscore RN at on Instagram. And I would love it if you'd come say hi, I'd love to get to know you. Um, and I also actually have a podcast called the redefining health podcast that you can listen to anywhere you listen to podcasts. So yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all that wisdom today. I know that everybody's going to have some really good takeaways. Yes. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. And that's a wrap, Mama. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Strong Mama podcast. If this show has served you in some way, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Head to strongmamawellnessco.com for more free resources and opportunities for us to work together. Until next time, keep moving.